This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Many people, including Zoomer Media founder Moses Zneimer, are saying that the biggest danger of COVID-19 is to the economy. The markets are getting hammered. The price of oil is way down, the result of a spat between Russia and Saudi Arabia. They cannot agree on a plan to limit supply in order to stem the slide. Just to give you an idea of the numbers right now, and I think they might be stabilizing a bit. Uh, The TSX down 1,130 points. That's nearly 7%. The Dow down just over 5%, a drop of 1,300. It had come back a bit from its lows of the day. Uh, It Actually, trading was halting. The slide was so big. Oil down also just under 7%. 7% at 34, uh, at thir- just over $34. And um, the good news in all of this, if you've got to fill up, I think I do. Uh, I've seen gas as low as 90.7%. So what does it mean to you? Do you have questions? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Especially uh, if you filled up for a good price, let us know. Right now, let's go to Alan Small, Senior Advisor at Alan Small Financial Group with Hollis Wealth. Hi, Alan. How are you? Fine. How are you? Uh, it's been an up-and-down day, to say the least, but uh, hanging in. <laughs> hanging in. I mean, uh, we saw huge drops last week. Then it looked like things were settling out. But uh, again, again today, what, what caused the most recent slide, if, if there's anything to put your finger on? Yeah, I think, uh, to me, it, it's kind of difficult to figure out what it is uh, this morning or what took the markets down late last night. I think many of us, and I, I'm going to put myself in this camp, and I think it was the big oil sell-off. Now, as we know, oil now makes up uh, nowhere near as large of a component of the market, especially in the U.S., as it does here in Canada. And obviously our markets are down a lot more than, than the U.S. ones because of that, because our market is very much heavily skewed towards energy. But I think it was, the, the, as you put it, the, I guess the spat between the Saudis and the Russians over the weekend and the Saudis talking about uh, jacking up production and lowering the, car, the price of, of oil and to hopefully force the hand of Russia to cut their production. And right now the Russians do not want, wish to do that. So I think when that came out over the weekend and trading began, uh, I guess, yesterday evening, all of us that were on watching, like I was, we saw the market start to sell off, and the sell-off really uh, exacerbated as we came across the, the world into Europe uh, in the wee hours of today, and like you said, when the markets opened up in North America, New York markets were halted uh, because uh, temporarily because of the volatility, and they reopened, and the volatility is a little bit less, but uh, as I look at the markets right now, it looks like we're falling back again to down uh, in the U.S. somewhere in that 5 to 6% range. Uh, and would you say it's because... The virus is spreading. Is it because the economic impacts are starting to show themselves? I think, I guess the easiest way to put it is I think the markets have been down or been very volatile 
keeping in mind that the U.S. markets were actually positive for the week last week. A lot of people don't realize that because we had such huge swings, you know, up 1,200 on the Dow, down 800, up 1,100, down 700. These are, you know, 3 to 5% swings that you might get in a, in a, in a, on a yearly basis. You're getting them in one day. That's how volatile things were. But I think the word is unknown or uncertainty. That's what's really taking down these markets. People just are uncertain. How, how much longer will this last? How much further will this virus spread? What will be the effects on businesses, small businesses, large businesses? When will the travel industry get back on its feet? How long will it take for the virus to run its course? And I think that is the main question that investors are asking. Because obviously if it's shorter for it to run its course, then, then the effects on the economy will be less than if it lasts you know, many months uh, down the road. So you know, we have China to look at as an example. They took some extreme measures, but a lot of their facilities are coming back online. I, I heard this morning that the Disney park out there is now reopened. So those are positives, and their cases that they're reporting are a lot less now. So hopefully if we can use China as any indication, uh, maybe this still has a few weeks yet to, to, to go. Uh, I would imagine you've been getting calls from worried clients. Yes, uh, a, few call, a few questions, a few emails, a few calls, yes. And, and the questions are basically, you know, should we be selling, should we be panicking? I think that seems to be uh, the obvious questions to ask. And, uh, and as you can imagine, uh, I never like to panic. You never want to sell when you don't have to. And for many people that don't need their money, uh, at least in the, in the near term, which is probably most of us, then the wrong thing would be to sell. To, to sell because you're nervous. I get it. I understand it. We're all emotional. We all look at the, the, the TV. We all read it online, how many new cases of the virus and where it's spreading. And it really starts to weigh on your mind. But you know, if you don't need to sell today, uh, I believe uh, I'm in the camp that this will run its course. And at some point, the markets will rebound and everyone will, will get back to where they were. It's just going to take some time. Now, I'm, I'm uh, reminded that in, with past, I don't know, what, corrections you want to call it, or big drops, that when the market came back, it kind of did it the same way with a huge swing over a very short period of time. Yes, and we call that, it's, it's funny you mentioned that question or asked that question because a lot of individuals are trying to figure out the shape of the recovery. They call it the shape. So is it going to be U-shaped, V-shaped? So when it comes down really, really quick, will it go right back up really, really quick and make the shape of a V? Or will it be more rounded? It comes down a little more gradual and more rounded and take a little longer as more of a U? Or will it be more like, a, like an L or a hockey stick? And so you have all these like, funny conversations. What's the shape of the recovery going to look like? And for me, you know, I believe that what goes down quickly tends to come back up quickly and vice versa. But there's an old saying in the, in the investment world, the markets take the elevator on the way down, but take the stairs on the way up. So perhaps this may take a little longer for it to return back to its all-time highs. But I'm pretty confident at some point we'll get back there again. It's just a matter of when, not if. Uh- do you think most people are, I mean, even if you're not selling on the sidelines, I mean, it's not quite a buying opportunity yet, is it? I think the buying opportunities for individual investors uh, are there, actually. I think the way I'm looking at things, and, and obviously every money manager has his own way of, of making different recommendations or saying different things, but 
what I've been telling my, my investors is that I have not changed the way I've managed money, even during the last, let's call it, couple of weeks. The biggest difference is the, the investments I was buying two, three weeks ago, unfortunately, I had to pay a bit of a premium to buy them. If they were good quality, they were probably trading at a little bit higher prices than maybe they, they, they were in the past. Today, the biggest difference is those same investments are now trading at a discount. So I'm still going about the same way, still trying to build portfolios, owning good quality investments. And if you can own something that pays a good dividend, that's, that's a bonus, because we know more than 50% of an investor's returns come from dividends. So really nothing has changed in my strategy. Yeah, maybe I'm not you know, looking at uh, to buy uh, you know, a cruise line stock or something like that for the time being. They may be proved to be great investments down the road. But maybe there are some areas you might feel uncomfortable looking at. But all in all, I'm still doing the same things I was doing two weeks ago when I was building portfolios two weeks ago. The difference is today, obviously, things are a lot cheaper. Speaking of cruise lines, so uh, less than an hour ago, our uh, chief medical officer of health, you know, issued a, a, a warning to Canadians, said, don't go on cruises. Yeah, it's, uh, and that's tough for the cruise lines, obviously. I know an individual that I work with regularly. Um, he has told me that him and his family are, were booked on a cruise, and, and they're still going. And, uh, you know, he's been getting a lot of advice not to go, and most of the people that are providing that advice, as he puts it, are not uh, specialists and shouldn't be providing that advice. So, uh, so he's going. Yeah, but and, this is the, uh, the chief know, medical officer well. of, of health. Yeah, well, this would be something different, obviously. I think he was referring to, you know, friends and family telling him not to go. Right, but, and well, yeah. you know, and, and I think the, the issue for the government, now they have to bring Canadians back uh, from, you know, that cruise ship that's docked off San Francisco. I, you know, I think they're probably worried about the cost and, and the difficulty of having to bring people back because other, other countries won't let them dock. I mean, you can really get quite stuck as, in, in including, uh, you know, as much as you can get sick, maybe more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is a cost uh, thing. And I think at the same time, you know, you're also hearing people talk about travel in general. Should he be traveling even to the U.S.? Because what if uh, the president closes off the borders? You know, I've heard many different things, many different... Uh, speculation as to how things will be handled going forward, at least in the short term. And my answer is you just don't know. And so should you avoid cruises? I don't know if I'm the right person to, to give that advice. But, but in terms of investing in cruise lines, sure, you know, you're going to be buying things that are significantly lower than they were trading, maybe 50% lower some of the stocks, etc. Do you want to dip your toe in those waters? I think it's definitely not going to be for the faint of heart if you are looking at trying to buy something in a beaten-up sector that is directly affected by the virus, then, yeah, it's going to take an iron stomach and uh, perhaps uh, a bit of a longer, maybe a bit of a longer time horizon before you see uh, you know, any profits from that. So I think it really just depends on the investor. Are you going to try and take advantage of this situation and, and throw caution to the wind, or are you going to play it more conservative, perhaps uh, sit back and watch? And for the most part, I think investors are sitting back. I think this is more of a buyer's strike than a seller's uh, frenzy. I think selling is happening, but they're really the, the buy side is the, is the side that's on strike right now because people you know, are sitting back and saying, well, let's just see how it shakes out over the next few days, and then maybe we'll, 
we'll, we'll give it a shot. And I think that's what you're seeing. I, I would imagine there will be a shakeout in the cruise business. Possibly. Possibly. You're talking about very large businesses. And, you know, there may be, obviously, there, when you have, uh, like we saw back in 2008, there was a shakeout in the financial uh, industry. Some businesses didn't make it. Uh, is this different? Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it is. I don't think it's as bad as what we saw back in 2008 when the markets were uh, half their value and lost half their value in six months. I think the, uh, this is different. I think we all know what the issue is. In 2008, we weren't, many of us weren't, weren't sure even, even after the fact. So I think that this is different. We know what the problem is. We know that what we, what we need to do is just trying to get a handle on it, I think, is obviously the difficulty, as I read, like everybody else. And um, if you're an investor out there, it's, uh, at times we'll test your patience, and uh, it'll test your, uh, test your stomach. Do you have the stomach to, to, to buy these investments? And if you don't, then you just you know, stay back and, and wait and see. Are there areas of safety, flight to safety? What's safety these days? Great question. And um, safety always, uh, I guess, safe is, a, is an interesting word. What's safe to me is probably is not, you know, different from what's safe to somebody else. But I guess when you look at it at the, at the bottom level, what is safe? Well, obviously bonds, GICs, fixed income products, are those safe? Uh, well, they're safer. I would talk more in terms of risk versus the word safe. So low-risk products uh, obviously would pay you a straight interest. You're not invested in the market, so you don't have that to worry about necessarily. But we know these low-risk products pay next to nothing in terms of interest. And these products are paying very low rate of interest, not enough to grow a portfolio. So if you're an investor out there listening and you want to grow your wealth and grow your portfolio, unfortunately, these fixed income products do not work, at least not at these low interest rates. Uh, So then you have to look at, well, do I need to be in this market? And if you do, what are your options? And historically, things such as pipelines, utilities, maybe even in this case, some real estate trusts, they tend to be not as volatile in a low interest rate environment as we are in right now. Yeah, really. I've heard a number of people mention real estate trusts. Well, I think what's happened now is that because interest rates have now dropped in our country and in the U.S., and because the 10-year government bond rate is at really historic levels, we've never seen it this low ever in our country and in the U.S., we're talking to, to invest in a 10-year government bond in our country, you're looking at getting a payment of 0.4% roughly for 10 years. And in the U.S., it's not much higher. You're looking at, you know, just over 05 So interest rates are as pretty much as low as they get. And who's the benefactor or what area can be a benefactor of low interest rates? Well, it's real estate. And so no wonder the real estate markets have been heating up in our city or in and around the GTA and, and really it will probably be heating up right across the country because money is cheap, money is easy to come by. They've lowered the stress test. And for anyone who's looking to, to, to buy a property, I think it's uh, as good a time or will be as good a time as any. So maybe real estate is an investment that one can make that, that makes sense. And we talk about real estate trusts because there are many different types of them, commercial real estate, industrial real estate, residential real estate. So it really just depends on the real estate trust you're looking at. But... I think real estate works when interest rates are low. At some point, interest rates will rebound and then may not look as enticing. But for now, real estate trust could be a place to hide in. Um, 
you know, for, for those that can handle that risk level. Okay. Alan Small, thank you so much for your insights. Uh, we really appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. Take care. Okay. Take care. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.